Hello and Happy New Year and welcome to wherever you may be. We are proud to be part of the 90 Minute Podcast Network. Over the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to be talking about all things Chelsea. I'm Rory Jennings and joining me today is the one and only Olivia Bazaglo and Mr Charlie Skillin. How are you both? Happy New Year. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I was much better if you'd have asked me about four weeks ago. You know? I know, I know. Uh, do you know what? There was that pregnant pause there, as neither of you really knew how to answer that question. <laughs> right? I imagine you were thinking, kind of in a footballing context, I'm pretty yeah. terrible. But generally yeah. speaking, I hope. I'm both yeah. well, we're, we're not allowed to swear on this, are we? So I wasn't sure what to say. Yeah, exactly. It's very tricky. Um, I mean, we've got, we're going to have to talk about Man City specifically. But what I'd rather do is talk about the entire festive period and how it's been such a catastrophe. Like from the second that, from the second that we started uh, hearing the Pogues and Mariah Carey, it all seemed <laughs> to go wrong. Olivia, <laughs> Olivia, I'm going to ask you the hardest question in the world. What's gone wrong with Chelsea? Do you know, it's really sad because like the Pogues is like my favourite Christmas song and I love it and it's just a really sad situation. No, I, <laughs> that, that's a really hard question just because there's not just one thing that's gone wrong. It seems to be like, it's hard to put your finger on just one thing. It seems to be like a lot of things at the moment that's going wrong. I think Lampard still, I'm not sure, knows his best attack. Um, What frustrates me with Lampard is not changing things when things are going wrong, Um, making subs quite late, Um, especially Man City. If we're talking about Man City, we were 3-0 down. And I love N'Golo Kante, but I think we can all agree that that wasn't one of his greatest Chelsea performances. And I think that's being like nice. Um, I think he should have been taken off at half time. I think there was a couple of players that could have been taken off at half time. We had nothing to lose at three nil. Do you know what I mean? Because they looked like they were going to oh, score every time they went forward with those you know, players on the pitch. Do you know it what, could have Olivia, finished. Can I interject there? Because I'm just going to push something back to you to hear you how you respond to it. I would say that we had an awful lot to lose, even from three nil. Had we gone for it, you know, people say, get Giroud on, let's go for this, let's do our best no. to get something. We could have ended up losing 6-0, but at half-time, I... at half-time, do you know what I was hoping the score would finish? 3-0, 3-0. Like, yeah. I would have taken that at the, at the end. Yeah. We could have been, I... we, we could, you know, we could have gone for it, ended up losing 7-0, would... and then it's a crisis. Yeah. I don't think meaning go for it, because I think City, it, it wasn't, it wasn't our better performance City dropped off in the second half they weren't ever going to go go at us like they did in the first half because they'd have been knackered they just dropped off in the second it wasn't anything to do with our performance so that's why I think Billy Gilmore could have come on at at half time Callum Hudson-Odoi could have come on at half time because Hakim Ziyech didn't do anything and Kante obviously had a really bad performance so I just think it wasn't a case of going for it it was just a case of like for like swapping people getting fresher people on the pitch because it wasn't working and for Lampard not to make a sub until 65th minute or whatever it was, I thought it was outrageous. Would you agree with that, Charlie? Yeah, I completely agree. It's, it's kind of one of my biggest criticisms of him, if I have any. Um, I think when Hudson and Doyle actually play very well, I'd like to see them both start the next kind of five mm. games and see if they, because let's face it, there's not many players that are really staking their claim for a place in the team. So I think they're playing there. If, if we have got any players in form, those are the ones. So I'd like to see them start the next five games, really, and, and hopefully we can get some semblance of a best eleven with some of these mm. hungrier players and, and some of the out-of-form players, like, you know, possibly Timo Werner um, stepping out of the side. I think in terms of the Man City game, I think one of the main problems, I was really excited to see Zayic, Pulisic and Werner in, in the same lineup, and 
but it just completely fell flat. Werner didn't leave the line properly, and Zayic and um, Pulisic, they just didn't track back at all. And, it, and in Zayic's case, it actually led to at least one of the goals. Um, if you're playing that position in the Premier League, you need to be you need to be aware of defensive responsibilities as well. They weren't where know, they needed to be, and it was it, it just all fell apart. Do you know what frustrated me about that, Charlie? Was it wasn't even it wasn't even like Ziek not bothering to, to get well it was obviously the whole point was Ziek not bothering to get back but in that case that ball fell to KDB's foot for the third goal given it was yeah. a great touch if if any one of those players had got back we might have just been lucky because that, that goal was yeah. quite lucky in the end with, with Raheem Sterling because he did mess it up a little bit just to get a nick away I'm not saying come back and prevent the goal but but at least make an effort to you know the ball could have just dropped you and you could have nicked it off Kevin De Bruyne's foot or do you know what I mean just it might not have present, prevented the goal but you could have if, if it, the ball had fallen our way we would we might have been able to do something about it um and not make it so easy for Man City. Um, well, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, it, it did look so easy for them, particularly in midfield. Like, yeah. as we said, Kante had a soccer. And that's what I'm really worried about at the minute. Teams are just walking through yeah. our midfield. And and like you yeah. say, it's really easy for them. We don't look like we're capable of getting back and getting that lucky touch and sticking a foot mm. in. And it's, yeah. um, that's kind of one of the most worrying things at the minute. And And one of the reasons I think you know, they were desperate to get a kind of defensively minded midfielder in in the summer. Having said that, we spent so much money, that's not an excuse. Yeah, I mean, it's. do you know what I was going to say? But then I had to kind of check myself. I was going to say, losing in that in that uh, style to Man City, there's no, there's no embarrassment. It's really clicked for them at the moment. You know, they, yeah. they look so good. They've obviously, they're now in a League Cup final, four in a row, all of that. I think they're they going to win the league. Yeah, I think I think they're favourites yeah. for the league, certainly. Mm. So there is no embarrassment there. But then we have to see it in a slightly more broader sense. And I mean, the, do you know the one that the, the Arsenal one that kind of felt like a bit of an anomaly? It kind of seemed to bounce their way for me. You know, the Saka goal was across, the Tierney one wasn't a penalty; it was a dive, and, yeah. and therefore those kind of things happen. Mm. It's happened to us before at Highbury, and you kind of get on with it. But the one that really got to me. It was the Villa game, like yeah. I thought. Like John McGinn is a great player. I mean, that's, I, somebody uh, somebody sent me a thing saying uh, referring to him as McGinniester, and I thought that was superb. <laughs> I thought that was superb because he really did dominate. But Villa, we should be beating Villa at home off the back of that Arsenal result. But they were brilliant, mm. and we weren't. Are we now? Mm. When you think about Arsenal, when you think about Villa, when you think about City, are we? And the precipice, at least, of a crisis, Olivia? Uh, no, I don't think we are. Um, you can't, and this is what frustrates me about Chelsea fans in general, is that everyone was, everyone's now so quick to forget about the, the first part of the season and how good we were and, and, and it was starting to click. And I get that. And I get that it's now frustrating. But listen, I know it's six games that win. We've lost lost four of those. But I, I just don't see... We, I think Arsenal are the, are the perfect example of this. Down and out, pl- plenty of their fans saying they wanted Arteta to be sacked. They get a good result against us, and now look at them. They got three wins on the bounce, two clean sheets in a row, and and they're three points off sixth. This season is so different to any other. 
that I don't think we're in a crisis and I, I, it sounds ridiculous, but this Morecambe game is so important because it's just a case of confidence. We're lacking confidence in every area of the pitch right now. And I think just a, a, a game like that where you can play all the players, like you can play Havertz, you can play hudson Loy, you can play Gilmore, play all the players, give, give Ziyech a, a run out as well because he hasn't had many minutes. You've got but, to give those players a game, and, and and that is a game where you we've got to go and win three, four, five, six nil. But the problem to just is, get that confidence that, back. If if we use Morecambe, let's assume that we beat Morecambe, and yeah. we are using it as a as an opportunity to plant some confidence. Yeah. Surely then we have to play the likes of Timo because what we need is we need Werner scoring a hat trick, don't we? Yeah. So we, I think he. Do, do you know rest... what I think he? I think he might play. I, I think Lampard said in his pre-match against um, City that he, he wants to use Timo Werner as a striker. That's why he bought him. Did you and ask I do that question think... to him, by the way? Is that, no, do you I, know the no, answer to that I, one? Because no, you no, asked no, that no. question. I've asked a question to him before and he's been very vague on his answers about basically just saying, oh no, well, he can play anywhere across the front three. But in specifically... But someone else in pre- asked that question. And someone else him. asked that. And he said, well, yeah, I, I am looking to use Timo Werner down the middle. And I do think when everyone's fit, I do think it will be the, the, the three that we started against Man City. Um, because we saw the effect Ziyech had earlier in the season. I just think it was a game where we didn't have a lot of the ball. He didn't have a lot of space. And and I don't. And he'd just come back from injury. He hasn't played for like four or five or six weeks. So I think that was really difficult. But if I was Lampard, I would be playing Havertz. I probably would be playing Werner through the middle. I would. I probably wouldn't play Pulisic, but I'd play Ziyech. I'd play Hudson Odoi. Like I, 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 I fully expect to see a very strong team against against Morecambe. And if that team then performs, I expect to see the same team against Fulham. But these two games, I know we're talking about Morecambe, but these two games, Morecambe and Fulham, are massive for Chelsea's season. Absolutely huge. Yeah, it's mad to have season-defining matches against Morecambe. In January. <laughs> In January. <laughs> yeah, I know. Literally. Charlie, do you know what? I've, I asked Olivia a very difficult question and she answered it with a plum. I'm now going to ask you a very difficult question and I uh, hope that you can deliver a similar response. Pressure's <laughs> on. Is Timo Werner the main striker at Chelsea? Yes. Yes, he is. Because he, he was bought for 58 million quid or whatever it was. Um, I think he, when, when the club makes an investment like that, the investment is not for this January, it's for the next. Mm three, four years. So I think still um, the club haven't given up on that. It would be ludicrous to do so, no matter how poor his form has been in the last 10 games or so. Um, Olivier Giroud has done wonders for us this season, but we know he's not a a long-term option. Um, Tommy Abraham, I think, is actually slightly underrated. I think Abraham has been one of the better players over this period. Um, But no, I think think Timo Werner was bought as Chelsea main striker, as, as Olivia mentioned. Frank said he was bought as a striker and he will be Chelsea's main striker for the foreseeable future. Obviously, in the midst of this quote-unquote crisis, um, there might have to be some short-term measures introduced. But no, I think I think an, an, unless the situation gets drastically worse... Um, drastically worse than 13 goal, games without a goal? <laughs> I just... Ah, oh, it's it's a difficult one with Werner, but I've seen enough in the fir- I've seen enough in his fir- in his first ten games for Chelsea to know that he he's going to be class, and he, he he's just lacking confidence. And like you said, I think I think it's harsh to criticise him against Man City. You can say he maybe didn't lead the line correctly, but he didn't get any service as a striker that wants to run in behind, which is what he's so good at. 
we, he didn't get any service. There was no balls yeah. in behind. It's almost like when when Giroud's in the in 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 the in the box, you you put crosses in because you know he's going to get on the end of them. When you've got Timo Werner, you've got to be playing little balls in behind because he was dropping deep to get the ball. So then when the wingers got the ball, there was no one in the middle, so, and it it just didn't work. So but, did we like pick Charlie a wrong said, team then? So was the te- was the team wrong? Because against Man City, we played Timo Werner through the middle with two wingers. Yeah, no, no, it's not. Should it's not it be two wingers with Giroud? No, it's just it's playing it's playing a different way. You've got to adapt to 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 how your striker plays. With Giroud, you know if you get, if you're going to put if you're going to give the ball to the wingers, they're going to put balls into the box because they know Giroud's going to get on the end of them. Whereas Timo Werner, when you've got the wingers, you've got to be looking for those little balls in behind because that's what he's so good at. You can't be putting balls in the box to a five foot seven wing uh, striker, or however tall he is. Sounds but it's, tall it's to down me. to. It's, <laughs> and me. it's down to um, it's down to the players and, and using their brains to know when to do certain things. And against City, it just didn't work. But going forward, if you ask me, I, I want to see Pulisic, Ziyech and, have, and Werner as our front three for the I've next got, two or three years. I'm going to have to ask you something else, Olivia, off the back of that. You said twice, I was going to let it slip once, but you said it twice. He is so good at running in behind. What are you basing that on? I'm basing that on. Listen, this, this is the thing. You can't just. I, I don't know if you, you're. Everyone's forgetting that the the Timo Werner hasn't just been a footballer for these past fifteen games, and Leipzig played to his strengths. You see all of the goals he scored for Leipzig, and even the ones against Southampton this season. You just played played a ball down the middle, and there he is speeding past everyone and scoring two like a brilliant goal. The one, the dummy, and then the, the when he flicked it over the defender, he is so good at running, and he is a great finisher. He is lacking confidence. That is all it is, and we we've seen that. We've seen evidence of that at Chelsea. Um, even like this year, he obviously or last year, sorry, beginning of twenty twenty, when he played for Leipzig, he was brilliant, and and most of his goals have come from from one on ones or just you know being on the last man. That's that's his game, and I I don't know. I'm. Listen, it's it's a confidence thing. That's all it is for me. I've seen more than enough of Timo Werner to know that he's going to be a brilliant striker for Chelsea, and I'm nothing anyone says or what he does is going to change my mind. It's a bit of the Torres, is it? At the minute, he looks like you know, you know when Torres was. No, oh, don't say really that. <laughs> yeah. No, it was. Yeah. It was. I mean, it reminds yeah. me of that. You know, the body language isn't there. I mean, I mm. I do think he had a very poor game against Man City. I understand what you're saying about not playing to his strengths, but even when we were in the box, you know, he wasn't in the six-yard box then. Um, but I, it, his shoulders look down to me and it, it just reminds me of that. But hopefully, I think, I think the Morgan game is a great opportunity for him to grab a couple of goals and then hopefully kind of that's the end of it, really, because yeah. he was he was a good asset for us in the first um, oh, definitely. Half, half of this half of the season, if you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah, so the first quarter, some would say, Charlie. <laughs> there you go. The first half of the half, or quarter. <laughs> no, no, never much good at fractions. <laughs> um, no, I know, uh, I do know what you mean. So with everything that we've just covered, now we're going to get into the real nitty-gritty and this is where the jeopardy kicks in. Top four is a prerequisite for Chelsea considering what happened in the summer. Frank Mm -hmm. Lampard may have overachieved last year and it wasn't necessary last year, but it is 100% necessary this year or his job will be seriously in jeopardy. Do Chelsea now make the top four or do you think that we... the, The title aspirations are over, aren't they, Olivia? I don't think I think we all got a little bit ahead of ourselves. I think every Chelsea fan can sit there and say they got a little bit too excited when we were winning loads and or just not losing. Um, us three very much included in that. Um, but I think I think if we if we'd actually thought about it, Chelsea were probably not never in the title race, but there was a very slim chance of of, of us winning it. 
Whereas top four, I still think is so up and down. There's still so, and, it, and I know I keep saying it, it seems like a cliche now. That there's just so many games to go in this stupid team. We're not even halfway through the season. We're not, we haven't even played half of our Premier League games yet. We've got every team to play again. And I think there's going to be so many big games that can define top four. And I think like Arsenal's luck seems to have changed. Our luck will change at some point. Man United's luck will probably run out. Do you know what I mean? It's, 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 there's so many games to play. And I think so many still deciding. I think it's really tough to say top four is on the ropes. But obviously, if, if our poor form continues, then you've got to have serious questions at whether this team can finish in the top four. But I think for now, I think it's way too far away to even even questioning Chelsea not finishing in the top four. Oh, um, I wish you. I wish I could agree with that. But my <laughs> issue, my issue is that I think three of the four are almost secure because three teams are going for the league. So whatever happens in their pursuit of the title, they make top four. Which See, effectively allows so. one of us. It effectively opens up one spot. If we concede, if we agree that Man City, Man United, and Liverpool make the top four, which surely we agree on, Olivia. Yeah, I obviously Man City and Liverpool. I think I think with Man United, it's been an almost. You look at some of their results this season and and the luck they've had for whatever reason. Um, that that's not going to go on forever. And and I. I'm not. I don't think they're in the title race. Given, I mean, they are at the minute. But I think when it gets down to it, come March time, I don't think that. I think it'll be City and Liverpool. I think City will probably have, be clear at that point. But I think I agree um, with you that it will be those two competing for the title, probably. Although I do think Manchester United can can knock like push them all the way. Well, Liverpool, Man United is coming up, isn't it? Exactly. But even if Manchester United don't make a sustained bid for the title, they're not going to drop out of the top four, surely. But this is the thing, you've got to you've got to look at the big games. They've lost to Arsenal this season. They could easily lose to Arsenal again. They could lose to City, they could lose to Liverpool. Everyone, every top team or every team in and about you look at Leicester last season. They had such a brilliant start to the season. We're about ten points clear of us at one point. Okay. And then okay. twenty. Do you know what? I'll was... swallow I'll swallow it just for the purposes of this this point. Manchester City and Liverpool are definitely gonna make the top four. Which yeah. means that we yeah. have two spaces available. Yeah. I, there I, are I think... how many t- how Charlie? How many people must have an eye on being one of the clubs in the top four? Seven clubs. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, naturally, the others would be United, us, Tottenham, and Arsenal, and Leicester. But, but, but as you say, yeah. this season you're looking at Leicester, you're looking at Everton, you're looking at Wolves, and I do take Olivia's point. They're like two or three bad or good games. Like we've had a shock mm. in the last four games, and suddenly we're ninth or whatever we are. Whereas, whereas if we yeah, mate, we're on the same points results... as West, the problem is though, Charlie, we're we're currently on the same points as West Ham. Nobody is saying that West Ham are going to make the top four. No, no, no. And we're no, on I... the same points as them. So why are we? What, like... I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not quite as bullish on our top four chances. Unfortunately, I, I, I think it is that problem that there are too many teams going going for it, and at the minute, today, like we're possibly in the worst form out of the lot. We're in the same. So, we're on the same points as Villa. They Villa have two games in hand against us. Yeah, I mean, we obviously nobody's have talking to about something Vi- nobody's talking about Villa. Nobody's talking about Villa making the top four, and yet Villa yeah. have the same points as us with two games in hand, and yet we think yeah, that I mean, we it, are. You know, it's tricky. Yeah, I, I, at the minute, I don't think Chelsea will be in the top four at the end of the season. But having said that, it, that looked like nailed on. You know, a month and a half ago. If we were to put a run together, the nature of this league this season, it can all change very quickly. But at the minute, you know, <laughs> it, 
we, we want to stay in the top half, let alone the top four at the minute. Mm. Yeah, it's looking it's looking very tricky. But as uh, as you've pointed out, Olivia, as soon as you bounce back to winning ways, a couple of wins, and everything's okay. So with that in mind, the Fulham game is what I'd like to talk about. I know we have Morecambe in between, and I don't want to do them a disservice. But just a little bit on Fulham. It's going to be tough, isn't it? Yeah, you don't really know what Fulham you're going to get. Because if you get the Fulham that should have beaten Liverpool that got a draw, um, it's going to be really hard. I mean, it's, it's a London derby. It's always going to be it's always going to be a big game, Chelsea-Fulham, regardless. Um, but yeah, if you get that Fulham, it's going to be a really tough game. If you get a Fulham that, like obviously Ruben Loftus-Cheek can't play, he's been he's been good for them this season. And it's just, you don't know what Fulham you're going to get, let's be honest, because they haven't played like they played against Liverpool every single game, otherwise they wouldn't be in the bottom three or, or close to, to close to the relegation zone. Um, So it just depends what Fulham turned up. But don't get me wrong, they'll be up for it. Because like we said earlier, they'll be looking at this Chelsea team going, we can beat them here. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? So, in a minute. Yeah, we so look I, like a soft touch, and they don't look like we need a win. Obviously, we all, yeah. like a point does us no favors against Fulham. Fulham haven't no. lost in four. Mm. It's tough. And and how do you think? Uh, do you rate Scott Parker as a manager? Me, either. <laughs> I I like I really like Scott Parker. I really like him. I I it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for him to keep Fulham up this season. I think they're going to, do you know what, I actually think he's, I think he's going to keep them up. I think it's going to be tough, but I think he will do it in the end. I just really like him. I think he's a really nice guy. Um, and I, um, Very well dressed. I just, smart, yeah. Yeah, like yeah just there's like something that. about him that I really like as a manager. Yeah. And, and I like, I like his, the way he's like his post-match interviews, I like the things he says. Um, and yeah, I, I think, I think he'll do a, he's already doing a good job at Fulham. I think, do, I think he'll keep uh, them I've up. He's done an well. incredible job. He's done an incredible job to put to them where them. they are now. If you yeah. think, if you think the first three, four, five games of the season, they I think they lost, they lost yeah. like Arsenal record number of goals, day, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. And they look, you know, everyone was saying after those that run of games, you know, this could be a record number of points lost or whatever. And um, and to get them even within fighting chance of staying up, which obviously they are at the minute, he's done a fantastic job. Yeah, right. for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's going to be big, and if nothing else, I do love the way how I love how dapper and smart he is on the touchline. You know, on some on a show that I do, I was asked to criticise Frank Lampard, like find one thing because I just wouldn't do it. I just couldn't think. Like I thought they were trying to push me into doing something like in a really unjust way, so they kind of forced me to just can I see anything and what would I change if I could change one thing about Frank Lampard? So to make him slightly more smart on the touchline. That was as far as my criticism was. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's about as far as mine would go as well. <laughs> but, uh, but no, this has been fun. Uh, great to speak to you both. And I hope that everybody listening is well. That is about all we've got time for. So thank you all so much for listening. If you could drop us a review, it would be very much appreciated. And please do subscribe if you've enjoyed what you've heard. We'll see you all next week to preview the Fulham game and talk about Chelsea's drastic and surprising exit from the FA Cup to more. <laughs> 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 See you later.